Bloomberg Radio. From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. It's Jack and Katie Buccino and James Berlander as we go perambulating through the quasi-journalistic detritus this morning and talking about some of the things you want to talk about. And, of course, you're welcome to join the conversation at 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945. Uh, Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. A big victory of sorts for our military or for our people yesterday as uh, President Biden announced yesterday that al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahi was killed in a U.S. drone strike in Kabul, uh, an operation that he hailed as delivering justice while expressing hope that it brings one more measure of closure to uh, families of victims of 9-11, the 9-11 attacks, of course. And the president said in an evening address from the White House that intelligence officials had tracked al-Zawahari to a uh, home in downtown Kabul where he was hiding out with his family. And the president approved the operation last week, and it was carried out on Sunday. Um, Al-Zawahari, the uh, better-known Osama bin Laden were the ones that plotted the 9-11 attacks that, of course, brought many ordinary citizens their first knowledge of al-Qaeda back then. And bin Laden was killed in Pakistan back in 2011. That operation, you'll recall, was carried out by the Navy SEALs after nearly a 10-year hunt. But again, a major, major figure for al-Qaeda has been wiped out thanks to our military. And this is, uh, I'm guessing, I mean, we have no way of knowing, and of course they do not give out the information, but I'm guessing that this whole thing was planned right here at MacDill Air Force Base at CENTCOM and perhaps carried out by SOCOM. Uh, But this is their area of operations, the Middle East. And so I'm sure that a lot of the plotting and a lot of the planning that went into this took place right there at MacDill Air Force Base at CENTCOM and then carrying it out, SOCOM, Special Operations Command there, but this is uh, this is a great thing because we continue to try to make closure on what happened 9/11 in 2001, and this is a big one. I mean, this one uh, along with Bin Laden, and you'll recall what a great thing it was when our our Navy SEALs were able to take him out. But they did it with a drone strike. They did it without having to have forces on the ground or anything like that. And, of course, Afghanistan is still a problem because we have left it wide open. We've left our weapons there and everything else. And, of course, 
Al-Qaeda has pretty well taken it over at this point, as you might expect. But that was a major, major victory in taking out Ayman al-Zawahari. It's 5.10 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 14 minutes after 5, Chris Trinkman here from the newsroom. And what's going on this morning, Chris? Well, good morning, Jack. The death of Al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawari is drawing a response from the Taliban. A U.S. drone strike took out the successor to Osama bin Laden in Kabul. The Taliban is now in control of that country. They issued a statement calling it a violation of international principles. I think it's safe to say that President Biden and the Pentagon don't really care what the Taliban thinks about this drone attack. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and in all probability, the plans for this were put together right here at MacDill Air Force Base at SOCOM, and of course, beginning with SITCOM. Very probably, yeah. They'll never say that, though, because it's a top-secret situation. But it was a fascinating attack, Jack, because apparently this guy who was being harbored by the Taliban, we might add, uh, apparently never left the building that he was in other than to go and take a break for air on a balcony. And these drones are so precise with these missiles that they could take out the balcony and not kill everybody else in the building. Yeah, nobody else was killed except him. Which is amazing with a drone strike. I mean, yeah, that's pretty incredible technology. It's the first significant attack on a terrorist since we left Afghanistan about a year ago. And this was a significant hit. This guy was the worst of the worst, Jack, other than Osama bin Laden. Yeah, and he was kind of uh, the brainchild of uh, Osama. I mean, worked with Osama and did a lot of the planning and everything. Yeah, he was a surgeon. He was known as the doctor. And he is believed to have been behind a number of other terror attacks besides the uh, 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center. Uh, There was the uh, coal uh, ship that was destroyed. And also there were attacks on U.S. embassies overseas as well that it's believed that he was uh, directly involved with. So, Jack, guys like this are what uh, we all call the scum of the earth. Yeah. These are the worst of the worst because these are people who sit around all day long planning to kill thousands of people. And, and the more they can kill, the better they think they are. That's right. A true terrorist. Indeed. And so he paid the price. Yeah. The one thing you worry about is some kind of retaliation in this country. I mean, I worry that we don't protect our southern border better. And we know that uh, they have caught people on the terrorist list. Coming through there again and again and again, and you think, well, how many did they not catch when they've caught so many? How many weren't caught potential terrorists that are now in this country? One of the criticisms of Biden withdrawing from Afghanistan is is the concern that there would be a return to the harboring of terrorists. And with this guy being in there, that's a legitimate concern. But Biden said that uh, this killing of this guy was proof that they are monitoring that sort of activity. And if the Taliban continue to bring in terrorists from other countries and and make their headquarters in places like Kabul, they're going to be hit again. And so we'll see if he follows through on that. 
on that front. But it's obviously not a good sign when the Taliban's flat out lying about what they were doing. They, they, oh, yeah. they denied that they were going to be involved with terrorism. They said that they would take a different path. And here they are with the head of Al-Qaeda right there on their doorstep. Yep. Unbelievable. So a man's unaccounted for after being seen in a storm drain. First responders spent hours looking for this man on Monday after workers in Pinellas Park opened up a manhole and they found a guy under there. He asked workers for a drink and then he disappeared and they gave him a Mountain Dew apparently, but they searched for <laughs> hours and I guess that gave the guy enough caffeine that he was able to uh, you know, disappear in there, but it's not clear what happened to him. Uh, it's possibly just went out the other end of the drain and they didn't see it. But they sure spent a lot of time looking for him because, you know, it's dangerous down there. Oh, yeah. I wonder what, what the guy was doing down there in the first place. Not sure. I wouldn't want to go in there. No. And, you know, I'm not exactly clear how you would do it in the first place. And I don't know how to get those manhole covers <laughs> yeah. open. So kind of a bizarre scene. But I guess the hope right now is that uh, nothing, you know, nothing bad happened down there. Yeah. So there's a political group in St. Pete. They are defending their ties to Russia. The Uhurus have been accused of working with a Russian agent who's spreading disinformation and meddling in local elections. And he's alleged to be working with three groups across the country, including the one in St. Pete. But the leader of the movement says that this is nothing but a attack from the U.S. government trying to discredit the black power movement and what they've been doing for civil rights yeah. in St. Pete. This is not a good thing for them to be involved with the Russians. I mean, the Uhurus have been looking for respect for so long. And then to get involved or to have any of their people involved, that's something they've got to put their foot down on and say, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to get involved with the Russians in any way. Uh, because that just degrades the Uhuru movement in a big, big way. Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Now, granted, Russia's changed quite a bit in recent years, you know, the whole cracking down on freedoms and the invasion of Ukraine by the President Vladimir Putin. But at the same time, you got to wonder what kind of things they're involved with, with, you know, foreign intervention of a, of a U.S. civil rights group. That doesn't, uh, that doesn't, it brings up a lot of questions about their, uh, you know, their, their validity. So That is so true. Absolutely. So, you know, that's one of the things that they'll have to answer for. It kind of reminds me back, Jack, during the whole communism scare back oh, in the, yeah. after World War II. There were a lot of people in the involved. 1950s yeah. and early 50s. and There were people involved in the Communist Party before World War II. And remember, uh, Russia was our ally yeah. in World War II. So people didn't have any concerns about it until the Iron Curtain closed across Europe. They became our enemy. And suddenly we were concerned with all those people who had ties to the yeah. Communist Party. And a lot of them uh, faced a lot of criticism in that in that time period. And I remember executing, U.S. executing people who were involved in spying. Spies. Communists and Russians. And uh, what were the names of that, that couple that were back in the 50s? In the electric right. chair. Yeah, they're sort of the, uh, you know, they're the, the main case that you would refer to when it comes to spying on the U.S. or yeah. spying for Russia in the U.S. That was such a big, big story back then, a big, big issue, and they ended up being executed, which a lot of people felt Jane Fonda should have gotten to hmm. as she became a traitor to the country. After but, Vietnam. Yeah. You know, Jack, there's someone out there who won two million bucks here in the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, sometimes second place isn't so bad. 
Now, you know, the, someone in Illinois became the all-time winning lottery person, right, with the $1.3 yeah, billion. Huh. But, huh. but here we got a $2 million winner. Uh, I guess it's a, a million-dollar prize, but if you do the multiplier, they, they double it. Yeah. And so somebody's uh, walking away with $2 million, assuming they claim the you prize. You they do. That's they, right. They haven't claimed it yet. <laughs> Could you imagine if you found out past time due to claim yeah. it? That you no longer could claim it, that you had it but blew it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, what happened to the, the time period? It seems like they keep shrinking the amount of time you have to, to figure out if you've won or not. Yeah, no, I does. got some old lottery tickets laying around, and I, t- I, I looked at the date, and it was like, oh, sorry, too late. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, why, you know, what's the hurry, right? I mean, you know, I think they give you, uh, you have six months from Friday's drawing to claim the prize. But you can only stay anonymous for 90 days once you claim it. Yeah. So you better get your money and run because oh, by all means. they're coming for you once you, you claim that dough. Yeah. Now the big money is on Powerball. It's uh, uh, after you, if you take your prize, I think it's, you'd end up after taxes with 80 million, which ain't bad. Nah, not enough. I can live on that. <laughs> not buying a ticket until it gets to be at least $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there'll be more from Chris coming up here at the bottom of the hour. It's 523, and here's John Thomas in traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 526 on AM Tampa Bay, and if you want to jump on board here, give us a call at 800-969-9352. We would like to hear from you. And um, this is something that Katie's got on the um, on our blog here, but favorite trends from 20 years ago. I enjoyed checking these things out here because things that have changed pretty dramatically from then. And I remember this well, Blockbuster and other film rental places. Loved Blockbuster. Yeah, that was fantastic. And you had a Saturday evening free or something. You know, you go down there and look around and say, what movie do I want to watch? You and got yeah. to pick a snack. You got some popcorn. You got it all in one place. Yep. And then take it home and watch it and then take it back the next day or a couple of days later. And then playing video games locally in person. I don't really ever go anywhere to play video games, but I remember my brother used to do that, go places and play video games with, like, other people. Yeah, in the old days, we had those uh, machines. What were those things called? Ataris? No, no, this is way before that. Pinball machines? Yeah, pinball machines. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Pac-Man and stuff, too. They had all those arcade games. Yeah, there's a lot of gaming consoles nowadays. They don't even come or support two controllers because they expect you to play online, which is crap. (laughs) Then hanging out at the mall, that was great fun. And now people hang out at Amazon or something. Yeah, I was in the mall the other day, and it was I was at the Lakeland Square Mall, and there was just not a lot of people in there. It made me sad. I was like, malls aren't going to be a thing much longer. Yeah. Well, the malls have been dying over the years. I mean, no. we used to have a whole lot of malls around here, and now you've got what's left of West Shore, and Brandon Town Center still does pretty well. Yeah, they're usually pretty busy over there. Not much else. And a world without social media. That's the big one, where you had to get your stuff on TV or out of a newspaper or whatever. 
newspapers one of these days are going to be looking back on that. They ain't going to be around much longer. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending, here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 5.37, what have we got trending here this morning, Katie? Well, I always like to start off with the National Day's National Ice Cream Sandwich Day today, which is one of my favorite Ooh, sweet yeah. treats. I love ice cream sandwiches. I haven't had one in years. What brand do you get? I honestly don't really care. I don't think I have a specific brand that I get. I, I'll i go for any ice cream sandwich. What are, what are they like now? I mean, is it just ice cream with... I don't even, covers on it or something. It's kind of like a like a cakey crust type of thing with with vanilla ice cream in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, it's not you, bad. Yeah, I don't. I, you would recognize one if you saw one. I don't really know what to describe the top as, but that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I don't know. I was trying to read on the <laughs> well, website what it describes it as, but I like the Neapolitan ones where there's strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla inside oh. instead of just the vanilla. Oh. It says between two chocolate wafers, but they're not wafers. So Yeah, they're like know. cake wafers or something. Yeah, cake wafers. Know. There yeah. you go. I cool. like that. I like it. Um, a deal for teachers in Florida this month. All through August, teachers here in the state of Florida can get a complimentary Florida teacher card, which gives all active and certified K-12 through Florida teachers admission to SeaWorld through the end of the month. So completely free. And then Orlando Employee Discounts is offering like 35% off for all teachers if you want to get into like Disney World or book a hotel out there. So pretty cool that they're doing incentives for teachers. I Just what teachers cool. want to be around more kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. a good point. Well, they can't do enough for our teachers, that's for sure. I know. They have to pay them more. I was just saying that last night. That teachers have to make more money. They're saying they're having a big teacher shortage, and they can't find teachers. And you know what a solution would be? To pay them more. Oh, yeah. They don't make enough money. Definitely so. You could pay them more, and I would still say they don't make enough money. Yeah. So I have this story on the blog. There was a man in South Florida who was robbed at gunpoint in his own front yard, and it was caught on security camera. These two guys had jumped over the fence and pulled out guns on this man who was just standing in his front yard, and they robbed him. They made him take off his necklace that he was wearing, and then they just like hopped the fence and took off. So they they weren't able to identify the guys, which is crazy because you can see the top of their face. I mean, they had you know the bandanas or whatever on the bottom of their face, but you could see most of their face. So they're asking the public if you know anybody or may recognize these men to obviously call Miami-Dade. Obviously, this is South Florida. But you they never look know. young. They yeah. look very young. They look way too young to be hopping fences and robbing yards. I don't, yes. Not that there's like a certain age you should start <laughs> oh, doing yes. that. But start at your 40s. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that till you're at least 35. By all means. But the video's on the blog. It's crazy. This poor man got it all on security camera, thank goodness. But he's okay. Well, a lot of other great stuff on the blog, too. And you go to amchampabay.com, amchampabay.com, and you'll see some good things on there, especially if you haven't been in there for a while. It's 5.40, and time to see what's happening in the asphalt jungle now with John Thomas. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 544 on AM Tampa Bay. If you want to join our conversation, give us a call here at 800-969-9352. 
It is official now. Those living in Tampa probably felt it was a little hotter than usual this month. And we talked about how a couple of records were broken. Uh, Saturday went up to 96, and that was a new high. And it turns out they were right. July is officially the hottest month on record for the city. This is from the National Weather Service. Tampa officially set the record for the warmest month and the warmest consecutive months since record-keeping began in 1890. So we are getting warmer, and um, they say it looks like we'll see temperatures drop back closer to normal during the upcoming week uh, with rain chances increasing, and of course that helps keep the uh, heat down, but July's 2022 average temperature was 86.3. That would be all day and all night. Uh, Before, the hottest month on record was September 2018 at 85.8. So it's way up there. That's in second place now, but it went all the way up to 86.3. And uh, July is the second warmest month in terms of monthly average high temperatures the warmest month was 1959 with an average high of 93.5 however july was close behind with an average high of 93.4 but basically what we're saying is july apparently is the hottest tampa set the record for the warmest consecutive months since 1890 average temperature between june and july of this year was 85.7 and in second place july and august 2020 was 85.1 so we are in a heat wave if you feel a little hot you'll know why because we're having a heat wave a lot of people are blaming the saharan dust you know that that it's kind of trapping in the heat as well Yeah, and that undoubtedly influences the temperature to a certain extent. We don't know how much. And I think people mentioned that it keeps away the uh, the rain, too. So that's why it's not raining as much either. It definitely does that. And this is the rainy season. We've had very little, although we're expected to get it back again today and the rest of this week. We should be back to more normal rainfall coming late in the day or noon on as the case may be but let's hope so because that's what cools things down here for sure um this is a story that came out here yesterday that president trump former president trump could go for being speaker of the house and I hadn't even thought about that a lot, but apparently he is, he's been talking to his people about becoming Speaker of the House if the Republicans take over the House. And I had not even thought about the fact, because it's never happened before, that Speaker of the House is somebody who is not elected to Congress. Can you imagine the chaos that well, would ensue from this? Well... I mean, and plus, the Speaker of the House would then be more popular in the media than the actual president. He'd be second in line for the president, right? Yeah, behind the vice president. Uh, and apparently, he's thinking about doing it if 
he can get the uh, Republican-run Congress to name him. And I hadn't been aware that you do not have to be a member of Congress to be Speaker of the House. That was not included in the Constitution. They can pick anybody to be Speaker. They never have. It's always been somebody who was elected to the House of Representatives. But it does not have to be someone elected. Uh, they can pick anybody to become the Speaker of the House. And again, when that person is picked, that person is second in line to the presidency following the vice president, which is very interesting. So uh, apparently Trump's looking at it from that standpoint. But um, we'll see how that plays out after the election coming up in November. It's 549. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Jack. Katie and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It is 552 on AM Tampa Bay, and Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter, joins us right now. And this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute and uh, Rory, we got primary elections being held in five states today, as of course the new anti-abortion laws and all sorts of things like that. Candidates being endorsed by President Trump, former President Trump, and um, of course Democrats are going to be trying to shore up their support too. But uh, this is a pretty key day all across the country. Yeah, it is. You know, you're seeing primaries in Ohio, Michigan, and Arizona. I mean, those are going to be big states uh, when it comes to the 2024 election. So who wins today could be very influential uh, two years from now during that election. Uh, first, let's go to Arizona. We have that GOP primary. This is almost a proxy war. Uh, you've got two GOP candidates for governor. It's like having Trump versus Pence. Uh, one of them, Kari Lake, a former TV anchor, She's endorsed by former President Trump, and uh, she's also a, a big believer in the former president and thinks that the uh, election was stolen. Meanwhile, you've got Karen Robson, who is endorsed by Mike Pence. Uh, it looks like Lake is uh, leading in the polls there, but that is a hotly contested race out in Arizona. Uh, the other fun race, I just laughed at this last night. I don't know if you saw this in Missouri. There's a GOP Senate primary. Last night, former President Trump finally weighed in for his hotly fought over endorsement. So who does President Trump endorse? Eric. There are two men named Eric on the ballot. Which one? <laughs> he didn't specify. So he just said <laughs> he Eric. He essentially just said, look, either Eric is fine, it's going to be better than the Democratic alternative, is essentially what President Trump did. So, so tried to endorse both of them, I suppose. We were talking about this story earlier, and I don't know how true it is, but some are saying that Trump is going to try to become, if the Republicans take over the House in November, which they're projected to do, that he wants to become Speaker of the House. Oh, that's been floated around for a while. I think Matt Gates, the congressman from the Panhandle, tried to support the idea of making him the Speaker of the House. Uh, I, fine. I mean, <laughs> it seems more than unlikely. And, uh, but I suppose, you know, theoretically it's possible you don't have to be a member of Congress to be elected as Speaker of the House. Yeah. Uh, but that's been kicked around, uh, you know, for the past two years or so. Yeah. And there's never been 
a Speaker of the House who was not a member of the congressional uh, people. Right. By the way, the other race to look out for today, Kansas is having a referendum on abortion. Uh, it would give the state legislature the power to perhaps uh, ban the procedure altogether. So this is going to be the first statewide referendum on abortion since the Supreme Court decided to push the issue back to the states. Are there any other major issues in the elections today? Uh, not a lot of issues. There are some interesting races. Uh, there's a congressional race out of Michigan. This Republican congressman, Peter Mayer, he flipped sides and he voted for the impeachment of former President Trump. But now Democrats are helping his Republican primary challenger, a, a Trump guy, as it were. The Democrats are supporting the Trump guy because they figured they'll have a better chance of, of beating a Trump guy uh, in the fall. So Mayer, who's sort of middle of the road, uh, is now battling a challenge from his right and the left because the left is trying to set up a candidate they think they could defeat in the fall. Well, when we talk to you tomorrow morning, I don't know how many races will have been settled by that time, but that's certainly an issue we'll talk about, Rory. And thanks right, for well, joining us here this morning. Talk to you then, Jack. Thanks. On Twitter, at Radio Rory, and this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations across Tampa Bay. So make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Bloomberg Radio. From Palm Harbor to Val Rico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning, AM Tampa Bay. Promulgating our Promethean profundity with Jack Harris and Katie Bacino and James Berlander. Uh, and we've got some uh, birthdays here to celebrate today. Uh, Vivian Fialo, Jim Jacob, and Kelly Kubiak, who hails from Pittsburgh. And what have you all got? I have Shelby Madum, a friend of mine from high school, Eric Scholey, Tony Landy, who runs Mama's Famous Cannoli Chips, so good, and Angela Madeline. What does she run? Uh, he runs Mama's Famous Cannoli Chips. Mama's Famous Cannoli Chips. Yeah, we've had them here in the studio. They're like little uh, cannoli chips, and you dip them in the filling from the cannoli. Ooh. They're so good. Sounds good. Mm, sounds good. And I've got zip, so happy birthday to, to <laughs> nobody for me today. <laughs> so not a whole lot of them today. We'll have to wait and see what tomorrow brings. We do have some jokes sent in by Ben Ritter. We'll blame him for these. I think we've had a couple of them before. Uh, what do you call men in line for a haircut? And that would be a barbecue. <laughs> Q being a line <laughs> and at the barber shop. Uh, why is tennis such a loud sport? I think one of you all get this one. Say that one more time. Why is tennis such a loud sport? I don't know, Jack. Because each player raises a racket. Yeah. Uh, why don't ants get sick? 
They got the antibodies. Oh, you got oh, it. Oh, very nice. They have strong <laughs> antibodies. Um, well, this one has no question to it. My masseuse rubs me the wrong way, but my chiropractor cracks me up. Ah. <laughs> uh, this one's pretty lame. What has more letters than the alphabet? The post office. <laughs> and this one is really lame. Why people don't make chemistry jokes very often? Because they doubt if they would get a good reaction. <laughs> now, wait a minute. This one's a little complex. I inherited a device from my grandfather that turns our discarded hairs into yarn. It's a family hair loom. Um, got it. You know, a loom that you use to weave stuff. Is that uh, an heirloom? Yeah. An, well, a heirloom in this case instead of an heirloom. Um, why the photography groups... Why are photography groups such great fun? Why is that, Jack? I don't even understand this one. It's the camaraderie in 3D. <laughs> Why is that? I don't even get that. I don't understand that. You know, people could text in their jokes to 82945. Just start your text with WFLA. Yeah, that's a good idea. Eight two nine four five. Start your text with WFLA. We'd love to read some of your jokes. Yes, and we need them. Did you hear what happened to the seabirds when a cargo ship crashed and fifty thousand gallons of whiskey poured into the sea? No. No turn. T e r n was left unstoned. <laughs> and did you hear about the German restaurant owner who was arrested for accepting a? seabird in exchange for dinner business was bad so he had taken a turn for the worst <laughs> t-e-r-n for the w-r-s-t our, our apologies but it's ben ritter's fault it's six ten on a.m tampa bay and let's check out traffic now with john Tom. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 614 on AM Tampa Bay. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays did not lose last night after losing three out of the last four. They didn't play. <laughs> uh, but they will be playing tonight. The uh, Blue Jays are in town from Toronto. That'll be a two-game series. And then um, that'll be Tuesday and Wednesday. And then they're going to be at Detroit Thursday through Sunday. So they're going to be on the road here for a while. But nevertheless, they got to pick things up a little bit here. Let's hope they can do it against the uh, Blue Jays. And there shouldn't be too many Blue Jay fans there. I don't know how many Toronto folks we've got around here now. But, of course, a lot of Canadians. So that can make a difference. By the way, the um, while they're saying this is in Dunedin, responsible pet owners, 
They say no, that leaving behind your dog do is a big don't. <laughs> the leaving dog do is a big don't. The city of Dunedin is amplifying that scoop the poop message. And, of course, they're doing it in a very Dunedin way as they're coming out with a band here of kilts and bagpipes and swords. And they're hoping by doing this to grab people's attention and remind them how more than 100 tons of dog poop dropped each day has the potential to really mess up the uh, Bay Area waterways. A hundred tons a day. That couldn't be just in Dunedin. Yeah, there's no way. But if all dogs go to heaven, they say perhaps heaven on earth looks like Dunedin. The city is so dog-friendly, it's earned the nickname Dog Eden. That's pretty clever. (laughs) And they say they have a large dog community, probably the biggest in the uh, Bay region. This comes from the Dunedin Stormwater Program Director, Michelle uh, Monteclaro. But, of course, and I'm quoting all these now, where there are tails of wagging, there are piles for bagging. And the city just produced a Scoop the Poop PSA with the help of the New World Celts of Dunedin, the Celtics, the band, and their Celts and all that stuff. And it begins, the video begins with a dog owner and her puppy out for a walk. And the dog decides to take a bathroom break in the grass. And they say, whoa, how can something that large come out of such a small dog? Says the woman playing the role of a dog owner. Now, there's no way I'm picking that up. And uh, she goes on looking at the dog pile and and says, Lass, you weren't going to leave that there for you. This is part of the video. Asks a member of the New World Celts of Dunedin. And the PSA intended to remind dog owners of the damage that abandoned do can do beyond just annoying your neighbor. It's fecal contamination that gets into the waterways and kills fish and all of that kind of thing. Um, But according to research done by the Tampa Bay Estuary Company, uh, an estimated 500,000 dogs live in the Bay Area watershed, dropping 125 tons of waste each day. And whatever's not scooped can flush into our water. So, uh, and when we get those health and safety warnings about not swimming at this beach or the water's not safe here, that could be because of stormwater runoff from pet waste, or at least in part, according to, again, the assistant director of the Tampa Bay Estuary Program. So we shouldn't be drinking the stormwater then? Apparently okay. not. Over the weekend, several beaches in Manatee and Sarasota counties had no swim advisories due to high levels of Enterococcus bacteria. And if you wonder what Enterococcus bacteria is, that's feces. <laughs> so you can understand that one. But they did research, found that about 40% of pet owners were not picking up pet waste, 
And the good news is, with the help of local campaigns, they've seen a reduction in that major behavior, that messy, messy behavior. Well, we got a lot of dogs here, half a million dogs in the Bay Area. Love them. Katie, you've got a dog, don't you? Yeah, she does. And how about you? For me, no, but I'd love to adopt a dog. You know, yesterday, speaking of dogs, yesterday was uh, Doggist First, which is uh, like it's the universal birthday for shelter dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, happy birthday to the little doggies. It's 20 after 6 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in now with John Thomas in traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 624 on AM Tampa Bay and Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio reporter, joins us right now. And Aaron, uh, we understand apartment rents are, um, well, they We've seen record increases during the pandemic, um, but I understand now the cost of renting is actually going down. Yes, they are cooling a bit, and in fact, they're cooling in places that were red hot like Tampa. So these rental markets are slowing the fastest in the cities that saw the country's fastest growth in terms of rents during the pandemic. That includes Tampa, Phoenix, Vegas, these are all beginning to come down. But before we get too excited, the average apartment rent rose 9.4% in the second quarter of 2022 compared to the same quarter a year earlier. And while that's very high, it's down from the more than 11% annual increases that we had seen in the previous two quarters. So it's going in the right direction. But basically what the the analysts and experts are saying is that the rent growth will continue to slow in the coming months. It's going to finish out the year about 6% higher than last year, and next year is going to be only 5% higher. I'm sorry I keep saying higher, but <laughs> it's less high than it was just one year ago, so so it is a good sign. Yeah, the uh, and Tampa is one of the, I think, top 10 hottest spots in the country for rentals now. Yes, Tampa is on fire. It it absolutely had this huge influx of people during the pandemic. People are really taking note to to the type of luxuries that Tampa has to offer at completely different price points. And now those price points are increasing to to match other cities in Florida, mid-sized cities like Miami and and Orlando. So it it is a, a big increase for rents, but it's beginning to cool a little bit. And again, we're seeing the fastest cooling in the markets that grew the fastest. So, so that's a good sign for Tampa renters. And uh, I, I guess all of this began as a result of the pandemic. Precisely. And then you combine that with this incredible inflationary world that we're living in right now. So housing accounts for about a third of inflation and the consumer price index that reached its annual rate of 9% in June. That's the highest in 40 years. We've talked about this before, but average hourly earnings, those only rose 5.1%. So if inflation is at 9%, your, your raise was only 5%, you still aren't able to make any sort of profit there. And rental markets, they really begin to moderate when these prices just become so high that they discourage people from forming new households. So if you were going to, say, move out from your parents or move in with a roommate, you're simply not going to do it because the the numbers don't work out. Yeah, and, um, of course, uh, rental 
costs are going to continue to go up as long as the demand is out there. And you got so many people coming from places like California and New York particularly. And uh, this seems to be about the hottest spot in Florida right now. Indeed, yes. So, so you're, it's just siphoning a lot of these people that can now work from wherever they like, and they, they look at the climate and the quality of life, and, and Tampa has been a very hot one. Most of them have been uh, warmer weather locations, but yes, Tampa is high up there. But the good news for Tampa renters is that it seems to be moderating a bit. Well, that's good to hear, perhaps. Erin mm-hmm. uh, Rayal, our NBC News radio reporter, And we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, Aaron. Thank you. And have a good day. You too. It's 628, and we'll have our Today in History, among other things. Oh, the dope of the day, straight ahead after the news, next on AM Tampa Bay at 628. Content of this advertising. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, Katie, who is our dope of the day? It is Alejandro Zapata Rebeo of Danbury, Connecticut. I really like his name. What's that name again? Alejandro Zapata Rebeo. Hmm. Maybe it's Rebello, but I feel like it's Rebeo, and it's much more funny. No, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that sounds great. I can't roll my R's or anything. Or well, you got to pronounce right. Yeah, I like it. So New Hampshire State Police arrested him when... So he was driving his car, and it was 70 miles an hour was the speed limit. Want to take a guess at how fast he was going? I see about 100 no. I feel like this is a trick question. Was he going slow? No. <laughs> he was going 161 wow. miles an hour Ooh. when a trooper clocked him. He was driving an orange sports car near I-93 near Ashland, but he like took off. Like obviously police aren't going to chase someone going 161 miles an hour. Like that could be very dangerous, but they were able to catch him because he got stuck in traffic a little north of there. <laughs> That's funny. So they ended up I, he was driving a pretty bright orange sports car so it wasn't hard to spot him and uh you know, they radioed to police further up and were like, "Hey, keep an eye out for this car." And then he got stuck in like gridiron traffic, so they were able to find him and they arrested him. Uh, speeds like that, you get arrested. You don't get a ticket. Hmm. It's way more than a super speeder ticket. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, that'll have you in trouble. He got in a little bit of trouble. This man, also a dope, he's 59 years old. His name's not in this story, but he got fired from a luxury marina where he was working, and he thought it would be right to you know, get some revenge, but unfortunately for him, um, his revenge was not a good idea. It ended with an arrest from him. He cranked up a digging machine and used it to destroy a building on the property of the marina he was fired at. A resident of the community has properties listed there for $10 million. So this was a very expensive uh, mess up. He destroyed the property. But this is what I thought was weird. Uh, the man was charged with mischief over $5,000. It was much more than $5,000. And he only received a $3,900 fine. Oh. He destroyed a property. I, I mean, honestly, he's probably not even mad about it. Yeah, that's that's a little light to say the least. Yeah, if someone dug up my property and destroyed my home... Dope of the day might be the judge there. I agree with that. $3,900 seems a little unfair. Hmm. By all means, 
Well, there are your dopes of the day, thanks to Katie. And it's 640 on AM Tampa Bay. And we'll check out traffic now with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. 1610 on this day in August 2nd, 1610 during Henry Hudson's search for the Northwest Passage, he sails into now, or what is now known as Hudson Bay, named after Henry Hudson, of course, up in Canada. 1776, very big day historically here, the signing of the U.S. Declaration of Independence took place. In 1790, the first U.S. Census is conducted. 1873, the Clay Street Hill Railroad begins operating the first cable car in San Francisco's famous cable car system. You ever ridden the cable cars there? No. No, I've never been. It's a great experience on those big hills. In 1922, a typhoon hit Shantou in the Republic of China, killing more than 50,000 people. 1923, Vice President Calvin Coolidge becomes the U.S. President upon the death of President Warren G. Harding. 1932, the positron, which was an antiparticle of the electron is discovered by Carl D. Anderson. 1934, Adolf Hitler becomes the Fuhrer of Germany following the death of President Paul von Hindenburg. 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 is passed in America, the effect of which is to render marijuana and all of its byproducts illegal. 1939, Albert Einstein and Leo Zillard wrote a letter to Franklin D. Roosevelt urging him to begin the Manhattan Project to develop a nuclear weapon. 1943, the Holocaust. Jewish prisoners stage a revolt at Treblinka one of the deadliest of Nazi death camps where about 900,000 people were murdered in fewer than 18 months. 1943, World War II, the motor torpedo boat PT-109 is rammed by the Japanese destroyer Amagiri, sinking it, and Lieutenant John F. Kennedy, future U.S. President, saved all but two of his crew. 1945, World War II, the end of the Potsdam Conference, which ultimately brought an end to the war. 1985, Delta Airlines Flight 191, a Lockheed L-1011 TriStar, crashes at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, killing 137 people. 1990, Iraq invades Kuwait, eventually leading to the Gulf War. And finally, in 1933, the University of Tampa 
moves into the Tampa Bay Hotel. And uh, that's two years after the founding of the University of Tampa, which actually didn't start as the University of Tampa. It was a uh, community college initially. And after a couple of years, it grew, and they saw the potential for it. And it moved to its present campus, the famed campus with the minarets. And we've got a UT graduate that's, I think he's in here now. He was in our studio just a minute ago, Aaron Jacobs, along with my son. Anyway, this day in history was presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career uh, booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in in Florida. Number one in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo dot coughing there. Still getting over everything. By the way, tomorrow morning we hope to have a lot of information on the uh, as much as possible early on the elections that are going to be held all across the country today. We got some pretty big ones out there. Let me get this in there too. Um, it had been sent to me by a couple of different people on Monday. But it was on July 31st, that would be Sunday, in 2022, that would be this past Sunday, that George Jetson was born. Anybody follow the Jetsons? No, I didn't really watch much of that. And for me, I grew up watching it, but when I was like four or five. Yeah, well, George Jetson's birthday was on... Sunday, uh, the show was set in the year 2062, and he celebrated his 40th birthday on uh, July 31st in 2062, which means he was born July 31st in 2022. So we neglected to celebrate it, darn it. It was George Jetson's birthday. It's 6.50, coming up on 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay. We check out traffic now with John Thomas. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And Katie Bacino and James Berlander. And it is 6.53 on AM Tampa Bay. Well, we got a... Good stuff here that Katie's put up on our uh, blog, which you've got to check out, amchampabay.com, amchampabay.com. But uh, we talked about this uh, Florida man robbed at gunpoint in the front yard, caught on a security cam. Did that guy get caught? No, as far as I know, they're still looking for him. Yeah, there were two guys. Hmm. Did you see the video, Jack? No, I haven't checked and it you've out You've got yet. to see. It's crazy. They hop right over, point a gun right at this guy. Oh, man. And what is this deal? Joe Biden collaborates with Missy Elliott on a new hit single. you got to watch it. You will think that's really funny. It, 
like Joe Biden actually didn't release a song, but they mixed it with a Missy Elliott song, and it was just like a big blunder from Joe Biden, and it's so funny. <laughs> well, we talked earlier about the trends that people miss the most from the 1990s. And uh, we talked about going to Blockbuster and places like that and renting films. If you wanted to watch a movie, you went around and picked out any movie you wanted. It was very exciting, always roaming the aisles. And then, of course, they always had that back room that you weren't allowed in. Yeah. Like, what goes on in there? And, I mean, you could get really old movies, too. I loved it. Uh, then we got hanging out at the mall, and that was a big deal. And now the malls are shutting down all over America, unfortunately, as a result of the fact people are shopping online at Amazon and everything and paying money for a song to be your ringtone. I don't know if I ever did that. Yeah, for ringtones, you used to have to buy the music so your phone would uh, would play certain ringtones, certain melodies. I do remember flip phones, and then when MTV and VH1 and BET had actual music, what do they do now? What do you mean, Jack? Well, looking back when they had actual music. Well, now that now, now they come with presets, and you could even load your own uh, ringtones on for free, so it's not so uh, not so gated anymore. And then a big one here, a world without social media, when people actually talk to you. It's great to be off the grid. Now, I mean, now that you have your phone on you 24-7, people could always get a hold of you, whereas, you know, back in the day, you know, if you were out of the house, people had no idea where, where were you, uh, you were. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love watching old sitcoms and things like that where you had the old phone where you had to dial it and... All of that, and then it was a big break when you had push buttons, so you only had to hit the push button numbers, and of course now that's all behind us, no dials, Uh, but that is something, a world without social media. you got to look at that and wonder, how did we do that? That had to be impossible. Right. Now, what's the deal here? Kamala Harris introduces herself with pronouns at an official event have to watch the video but yes this was at a round table she was sitting with a bunch of people and she literally described herself with pronouns and what she was wearing she breaks it down it was because she was with uh ada people and i think some of the people in the room might have been visually impaired so it was just a bizarre moment well a lot of other good stuff down a massive water spout seen in tampa bay along bayshore boulevard and then you can go on down and see even funnier and more entertaining stuff. But you got to check out our blog that Katie's put together here at amchampa bay, com. And meanwhile, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.